0: Hi everybody this is Marlene from Miami Ghost Chronicles and once again I have a great show for you. I have a guest that is going to talk about a subject that is very very interesting and I have a lot of people asking me about this and it's called spiritual warfare and territorial warfare and her name is Carmen Lopez and What's gonna happen is, because I asked her, I said, Carmen, you know what, uh, I want you to start with the basics because there's a lot of people out there that really don't know that much about it. So she's agreed, she's uh, gonna take us from the beginning explaining what it is and how it works, basically the basics of it, and then take us into examples and all her stories. She's done. She's been in this field for many, many years. Uh, she's gone to other countries, uh, to work with other teams in other parts of the world on on spiritual warfare, territorial warfare. and But anyway, I'm going to bring her on now and uh, we'll get this started because I think you're going to find this is one of the most interesting shows that I've done so far. Hey, Carmen, how are you doing?
1: Real good, Marlene,
0: and yourself? Great, great. Um, you know, I tried to give a little bit of introduction as to what you do. But I was thinking before we get started, uh, if you could tell my my viewers a, a little bit about yourself, okay, and now and how you've ended up doing, you know, this in your, you know, as far as part of your, your ministry with uh, the spiritual warfare and the territorial warfare.
1: Okay. Um, I received Christ very early in my life and uh, I was 20, but 20 years later, I was 40 and I was seeing that certain things have not broken off my life. Okay. You know, so then as I started praying and asking God to show me people that know how to break off family curses, habits, what have you, I started inquiring. Um, God led me to several people that were talking exactly for what I was seeking. Okay. So then I started learning about spiritual warfare and territorial warfare the two different things but by learning spiritual warfare I was able to learn how to break certain generational curses that were on my life
0: so in other words 20 years after you realize there's some answers that I don't have
1: exactly
0: okay it's I've gone this far but there's something here that I'm missing and when you started exploring you found okay this I think is where part of what I feel is not quite right for me this is this is the answer this is what I wasn't getting before okay and I I think that speaks also for a lot of people that sometimes they do lead a spiritual life or a good life but then they also feel like there's something that it's not quite there, you know. And you know, sometimes they don't have somebody to go and ask about, like, you know, or or maybe the their clergy or their pastor, they they think, What if I ask this person? They might get offended thinking I'm like criticizing them because I'm missing something. So you went ahead and you you know, you took the step and you basically found something additional to what you already had in your spiritual practice. And you said something now about uh, generational curses. and what, what, Can you tell me more about that?
1: Yes. Um, this wasn't a very popular subject in the, in the church 20 years ago. Even today, it's not a popular topic. It's just that in my spirit, I knew there was more. Okay. I knew there was more that I wasn't taught. I wasn't taught because the people teaching didn't know this. Okay. But by praying and searching, God opened the doors and I met people who were teaching exactly what I needed to learn. Reason being is, for example, um, in my life, in my personal life, in both sides of my family, mother and father, both my grandmothers were witches. Okay. How do you define a witch? Well, one of them practiced Santeria in Cuba, you know, with, with the killing of animals and chicken and the whole nine yards. Okay. And the other one called herself a spiritualist. Okay. So in the end result, they're both sister cousins. I mean, they're both witches. Okay. But I saw things in me that I couldn't advance. There was like a stoppage in the spirit. That wouldn't help me move forward to more liberty, for example, uh, health.
0: Okay, so basically what you're telling me is that you felt like, okay, I've come this far, but I have this barrier, and it's tied into what my ancestors did or what they practiced. Even though I wasn't around, technically, you know, I, I wasn't born yet. You're saying that that carries through to people in the present time. Is that what Yes,
1: you're yes, morning it does because you see, we are spirit beings. Everything around us, you know, we're so used to being flatlanders, meaning we we, we move forward and backwards mm-hmm. that we forget the notion that in the spirit world there is a top and there is a bottom, and there is no time and there is no space. Okay. Eternal. Okay. So whatever my grandparents did that was wrong according to God and to the scriptures, Mm -hmm. you know, that carries on to the third and fourth generation. Okay. The Bible clearly states that the sins of the fathers are to the third and fourth generation, but my blessing is up to the 1,000 generation. Okay. And let
0: me ask you something, Carmen. I'm going to interrupt you real quick. What would you tell somebody who doesn't really know who their grandparents or their ancestors were one either an adoption or sometimes you know you know you just there's a disconnection and you really don't know who one part of your family is and what would you say if somebody suspects that that might be you know something that's going on for them but they're not really sure because they just don't have access to the information as to who were the people that they're did they come from what what do you tell people like that
1: well didn't have a whole lot of help i started asking near relatives near family members okay because i was born in miami and my uh grandparents were from cuba and died before i really knew them okay so and it's not like i could travel to cuba and explore my uh, family line my bloodline okay so i started by asking my mother then asking my father then asking older brothers, sister, cousins, whomever was associated to the family. Okay. And started and started plugging in things. So you started
0: piecing it together almost like a clue like you did you became a detective in other words about your background.
1: Yes, it it took me time. Okay. It took me time because first I was in a learning curve. I was learning my, myself. Okay. About okay. the spirit world. You know to, to break things over us. Um, to break, for example, addiction of mm-hmm. anything. First you go to the spirit world and you break it there before you're able to break it in the natural. Why? Okay. Because somebody in my family line, in my family line, practiced or had an addiction.
2: Okay. Everybody
1: has memory. You know, the earth has memory. Uh, we, we've learned in, in science that... Um, for God's sake, uh, plants have memories. That's why I say talk to the plants. Yeah, plants yes, are- there's a lot of people that absolutely
0: that they, they and, and, and it's almost like they say, everything is connected. You know, every, every, we, we, you know, we tend to think of everything as being separate because that's what our eyes tell us. But in reality, we're more connected with, like you said, the trees and everything binds us together, you know, as far as knowledge and memory, place memory.
1: And since you said that, Trees and things, everything has memory because we did come from the, from the dirt. Right. God created man from the dirt of the earth. You know, it, and it's amazing that the body is seventy percent water. Right. You know, we are from we were created from the same material that the earth exists in. Okay. So everything is spiritual. Everything has memories. That's why it says, "Talk to your plants. Talk to your animals." Talk to your house. Tell it how beautiful it is. Absolutely. It's even to the most smallest atom, up to the the smallest subatomical, it's ninety nine percent air, and even exactly. that has memory, and it's always moving, always changing.
0: Okay. Absolutely. That yes. That like I said. That you know we don't live in that apart thing. That that all these things around us you know that there that there is a um an exchange even of vibrations of love you know like you said that you know when you thank you're thankful and things like that 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 you know some people could say oh there's cuckoo you know but no but it does there is something there I, i personally believe it i i do believe that um you know being thankful or being appreciative or being kind to animals or the trees or everything i think it works i i I feel better when i do it so absolutely i i understand where you're coming from on that and um and this because this leads on to what you were talking about as as far as how things that are kind of maybe unseen influence us it's starting with what you were saying that what what your uh ancestors or your family that even you might have never met how they can influence what's happening to you now in your life
1: absolutely unless unless I step I step into it and take responsibility for it and repent for their actions before God okay that breaks you know uh, generational breaking generational curses Merlin is a revelation a revelation God will do anything to set a person free from sickness disease poverty Bitterness, roots of rejection, people who are ha, come from broken marriages, women who've been abused, men that have been abused. Yeah, sure, of course. God will break anything. His biggest desire is to see his creation free. So breaking generational curse is a revelation. It, however, the main revelation for a believer in Christ is in communion and taking Daily communion, and I'm, I'll am i get there in a little while and explain communion. Okay. But uh, you, you asked how, how did I stumble upon this? It's okay. just that I saw a pattern in my life that okay. wasn't breaking. No matter how much I prayed or no matter how much I did, after time, I saw how other people excelled and I wasn't.
0: Right. I, and you listened to your instinct because I guess something told you. There's something here I'm missing.
1: I knew it was it was inside your my your spirit. You know, God gave us all a spirit because Father God is the creator of spirits. Satan is not a creator of spirits because he himself is a created being. Okay. People put a lot of emphasis. Oh, Satan! Well, I tell you what—he's not even an archangel. What is he? You know, uh uh cherubim. Okay. He's not an archangel. He is powerful and he has authority where we open the door and give him legal access to us. Okay. But but for those of us who have received Christ as Savior by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, power has been given unto us that in the name of Jesus, all demons, all oppression has to go.
0: Okay, and let me ask you: um, When you were talking about all these different things that could have their roots, okay, mm-hmm. um, you, and you said poverty. Do you think that you know how um, sometimes people would make would take vows of poverty? You know, like before. Yes. Uh, I mean, people didn't take them with the intention of being bad. They were thinking that by by being by uh, taking a vow of poverty. They were thinking they were going to be closer to God, not knowing that, you know, there's poverty doesn't have to, that the only way you can be close to God is to live an impoverished life.
1: That is a great point, Marlene, because people innocently Mm -hmm. have invoked and pronounced, named themselves, you know, making a covenant of poverty. They themselves cursing themselves. Right. Not with the, the
0: intentions of a curse, but the intentions they think that they're getting closer to God because they're they're choosing to be poor.
1: Where where whereas in God, you know, in Christ Jesus, it is much better as a good loving Father that all your needs be met. What happens when your needs be met? You you will do your best to meet other people's needs. Sure. Meet other people. Help other people. Save the animals. Save the children. Uh, give your time to the church uh, working organizations who are doing things for uh you know against sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. Tra-
0: exactly. Trafficking. If you're if you're not in that daily struggle for the, the
1: daily grind of off to work I go because I owe I owe you know and get off the Ferris wheel and say wait a second God wants me prosperous.
0: Yes. Yes and, and well
1: and, and healed. And, and I and- know that
0: there's, there's 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 still a lot of people with, that struggle with that where for them um you know and unfortunately that was pushed very much that that being poor was you know going to make you more worthy or that God saw you more worthy if you were poor and it's like not really there's nothing there that that why would why would God want you to be poor and be struggling for your daily existence you know and for your family it doesn't make sense but it's one of those things that a lot of people and a lot of families passed on one to the other um, as like a core belief. And like you said, and then people have taken it and believe it. They believe it to the point where like, you know, then later on when they become adults, they can't understand why they can't move forward financially, no matter how hard they try. Um, and like you were explaining, the maybe the roots of it are further back in your family line.
1: Um, through Catholic, through the Catholic Church. You know, um, like you said earlier, they, they meant well, mm-hmm. but they invoked those words and they prayed. And now, boom, the curse is there in the mother. You will see the, s- the same curse pattern in the daughter, in the son, in the grandchildren. Why? Until somebody repents and says, you know what? God made me prosperous because he wants me to have enough for myself and to meet your needs exactly because the bible talks about giving how can you give when you're broke no you, you, you're having a hard time giving to yourself how could
0: you give to anybody else you know uh, if, just- if you're if you're worried about you know putting food on your own table so yes i i totally understand that and i think that that's a difficult concept carmen for people sometimes to grasp because a lot of times I'm going to, I'm going to use poverty as an example, even though you named a bunch of different things, but a lot of people think that poverty is like, um, how hard are you trying? And like you said, sometimes people are really trying hard and they're working hard and they're doing everything they can to make it. And somehow mm-hmm. they just never get over that hump. Okay. And I think that your approach, which is very interesting. I want you to talk more about that, you know, even though there's a lot of different areas that it covers is like that one area that they just never think to look and could explain so much why they just keep on not being able to go further. You know, yeah, so,
1: as an add on, not only, not only, uh, is it that they made a vow of poverty okay. if in the bloodline, they were shaky businesses. Okay. Meaning my grandfather had a shaky grocery store and always cheated people uh, on giving him the right amount, let's say rice or okay. beans. Right. You know, that's a legal accident to say, hey, you know what? I just cheated and I gave that man less than what I'm supposed to. That in itself is is, is an open door. We'll call it an open door. Mm-hmm. To give legal access to the devil, like in a court system, to say, hey, look, this person stole. So you know what? Her generation is cursed to the third and the fourth. It's not God doing it. It's just that he has legal, the devil has legal access, like in a court system. Okay. To say, hey, look, I can curse them because they stole. Or said to someone, you know what? Can I borrow money from you? I need money, and by good faith, you gave them $100. Okay. And you took it to 100 different people, and your intentions were never to pay back. What happens in the bloodline and the spirit line, those people suffered not having that money returned back to them. And because they suffered, you know, that opens a door, like in the court system. Okay. The devil comes before God. The devil could come before God and does come before God, he is the accuser of the brethren. Notice that it doesn't say the accuser of the world, the accuser of the brethren, and say, hey, God, so-and-so, stole and never paid back money and created grief in that family. That's an open door for the devil to come in and curse that family to the third and the fourth generation. And there's, there's nothing they could do, there's nothing God could do, until someone repents for that now let me exactly. ask
0: you what what would your advice be let's say for somebody who what would be a description i mean in other words i don't want to give an easy out to somebody say oh you know the things haven't been working out for me because my grandpa you know did something wrong that because that might not be the answer the problem might be you're not trying hard enough but what would you describe as being some of the signs that people could look for that would give them a hint like, you know what, maybe you need to look at this aspect because this is where the problem could lie for you in your spiritual life or whatever whatever it is. What, what do they look for?
1: I will look for patterns. Okay. You know, I will look at how was my grandparents when it came to money? How was my parents when it came to money? How am I when it comes to money? Okay. There's a pattern. Just like if there's a pattern of divorce in my family life, Mm -hmm. I would look and say, how was my grandparents? Oh, they were divorced. How was my parents? Oh, they were divorced. Boom. And you could go, you know, you could ask. I mean, you could ask around uh, your family and you would find out uh, patterns. I look for patterns. For example, in uh, my family bloodline, um, my grandmother had asthma. Okay. And asthma is not one of those diseases that is generic in the blood. Okay. But yet because she was a witch or she had asthma, we we'll call asthma a curse because asthma is not a blessing.
2: Yeah, of course.
1: Asthma, her granddaughter has asthma. Her son has asthma. Uh other cousins of mine have asthma. And asthma was flowing All the way down from her. Okay. So when I learned this, I remember one of my nephews, the doctors gave a diagnosis that he was going to be asthmatic. We said, no, no. We take authority over this in the name of Jesus. And we repent that our grandmother practiced witchcraft because she didn't know any better. Okay. More than likely the gospel was not preached to her she lived in a little town in Cuba. Okay. So Unlikely, it wasn't preached to her. So in the name of Jesus, I repent for that sin of my grandmother. So that makes me clean before the courthouse of God. I repented. So now that gives me authority in the name of Jesus to say, you know, Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe and I declare that that's broken in the spirit realm over my life and over my nephew. And you know what? He never did have it. And that happened not to one nephew, but to two nephews.
0: Now, what would you say, though, to somebody who does have either an illness or a disease that mm-hmm. really is legitimately organic? It's, it's, I mean, how can you tell? It's, it has nothing to do with something your, the peop, somebody in your family line did. This is just part of the human condition. People
1: get sick. It the human matter. body gets sick. Everything has a root. Okay. There's nothing organic. Everything has a point of origin in the spirit. But that's another class that I teach called iniquity. Okay. Breaking generational curses. Okay. Someone so in other words,
0: to- you're saying that even uh, diseases or illnesses is that they can say, okay, this is the this is the, the disease or this is what's happening in your body. You're saying that at some point you can go back in to that there's a spiritual component, which is yes. where it starts from. And then, yeah, it shows up in the body as uh, either an illness or something, you know, something wrong. But people yeah, just, but, but people leave it at after going to the doctor and getting a diagnosis and they think, okay, well, that's it, you know.
1: Exactly. And, and they buy into that. Well, that is a manifestation, but there was a cause because I said earlier, everything is spiritual. <clears throat> okay. Everything is spiritual. That's why we go to the spirit world first and declare and break things off, and they will manifest in the natural world. As a matter of fact, me talking to you is something that happened already in the spirit realm. Okay. And, you know, the computers is not an invention of man, of documenting, it already existed in heaven. Because the Bible says that daily angels open books and read about what you and I are to do day by day, even the path that we cross. Even the water that we drink, nothing's by coincidence. No such thing.
0: Okay, so you know? so and, and what you were saying is that it's that time is not measured the way we measure it.
1: Like no, okay. God and man, God for a man is a day, for God it could be a thousand year. For you, for something to be called deity, number one, it can't be man. Number two, it has to be out of time and space. Okay, and we're beings that have a time a lifetime, you know, 80, 85 years, 90, 100, you know. Uh, That's why Jesus was the only one out of Muhammad, out of all the other gods that says that was resurrected from the dead. Muhammad was a man who lived and died. Right. And so was uh, Gandhi was a man who lived and died. So was, um, you know, the, the leader of the Muslim movement. Was a leader who lived and died, okay. but Jesus is the only one that said that was resurrected from the dead, and not only that, but people miss out that after he was resurrected, three days later he came back to earth, and was here forty days and forty nights, giving instructions to the people, <laughs> and that's in the book of uh, that's in the book of uh, Acts.
0: So. What you're saying, though, is, you know, as far as the spiritual warfare, because basically you've laid out now, and, and I'm very curious about this, because according to what you told me, and I, and I know you're giving like a simple overview, you know, um, whether you identify it or you suspect it, because let's say for some reason you can't absolutely know, but you you kind of feel, okay, you know what, well, this is coming from something from my ancestral line or whatever, whatever the whatever it is that you're dealing with now that all it needs is an act of repentance is there you know let me ask you because and and is there at times some type of resistance to it you see what i'm saying or is it just even from Uh, within you you know even from somebody
1: that this is you know like you said
0: you might have had this in your family for years and generations well
1: my my greatest is, is number one that a person has to want to be free okay i can't buy freedom from anybody neither can jesus okay you gotta want to be free
0: yeah of course
1: you 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 have to have a desire to excel what what is the will of god for my life for anybody's life god's will in our life number one is that we live in divine health and healing not depending on the pharmaceutical industry okay number two god's will is that we have a good marriage. Okay. God's will is our, our our children are obedient and not rebellious. God's will is all good and favorable towards me. So anything that creates a struggle in me is not of God. And that's it. In, in other
0: words, what you're saying is now, let me, and, and you made a very good point. Let's say, let's look at it from the, um, when you said addiction, you know, yes how some people sometimes they struggle with addiction. And, you know, it's well recognized that there is a genetic component to addiction. You know what I'm saying? In other words, if you have family that had addiction problems, it doesn't guarantee that you're going to be an addict, but you it's easier for you to fall into addiction. But what you're saying is that this goes beyond um, genetics. Yes. That this goes into... Me. now. You also pointed out, and and the reason why I say this is that because of addiction, the nature of addiction, like you said, you have to really want it. But your body is, you know, part of you is probably thinking, I don't want to give this up. You know, I I do want to continue in this. What would you you suggest to to somebody who it's something that their body craves? And, And let me give you an example wanting to let's say do better financially everybody wants that you know i I, even though some people have behavior that keeps them there you would think okay nobody everybody wants that it's like they don't have to second guess it but when let's say you're talking addiction when you have somebody that maybe desperately wants it but at the same time there's a part of them that still wants to hold on to it for whatever reason is is there an intervention that happens so that that person can break free and make that decision or how does that work?
1: The person's got to want to give it up. Okay. Say it's oh. the addiction of cocaine. Say it's the addiction of uh, gambling. Sure.
0: Yeah. That's Okay.
1: Here's another addiction. Food.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: You know, obesity, mm-hmm. uh, an excess of, of food. That's an addiction.
0: Yes, it is.
1: You know, uh, uh addictions come in many different forms but point being is that the person needs to say i want to be free and fight for it and then once they're delivered fight to stay free
0: yeah well yeah absolutely with an addiction yes that, that definitely is like okay once you get there once you're over that hump how do you stay you know what they call in the, in the addiction can be you know a clean and sober life but sobriety doesn't necessarily mean because like you said if you have an addiction to food or gambling or you know whatever you know it's staying on that path where you don't take go back to what's familiar to you
1: exactly and how do you do that you can't get something out of our temple our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit okay you you can't get something out you can't get a, a spirit out of you okay without replacing it Okay. You replace that emptiness, let's call it an emptiness, like a donut.
0: right right. like something you took something out so now there's a a, a gap, an area that's
1: emptied where
0: what that used to be before.
1: What do I feel it with? Mm-hmm. I feel it with praise, worship, Thanksgiving, uh, attending church, hearing the Word of God, speaking the Word of God, singing. I, I crave and hold on to what Christ did for me. And I change my surroundings. Okay. There's friends that we don't need. There's relatives we don't need. Uh, okay. There's places that we don't need to go to stay out of addiction and create a new life for us. But that's called uh, that's called changing our mind. You know, yeah. renewing our mind to a, a new way of living, a new way of life. Now, let me ask
0: you something, Carmen. What do you think let's say somebody's undergoing this change that they that they're doing it they're they're they realize i you know this is this this i i'm going to make this type of spiritual change because whatever what whatever it is whether it's addiction whatever
1: okay.
0: is there a danger that evil the devil whatever you want to call it is going not going to is going to try to interfere in that is there any danger of that or want oh, to let you progress in other words
1: most assuredly you know, because it's two kingdoms and one choice. It's the kingdom of darkness and okay. the kingdom of light. And your choice is whether I want to live in a, the kingdom of, of light, of the true living God, or live in a kingdom of darkness where, where the demons dwell. I have to make that choice because there's one thing that God gave to all mankind that neither God can touch nor the devil can touch and that's called the free will. Oh sure. Of he, course. Gave us, he gave us a free will because he's not a dictator For us to choose we either choose light or we choose darkness and in everything that is a spiritual warfare right there It's the warper is on. Okay. I want to break the addiction of eating. What do I do? Number one, you have to say I want this spirit out of me in the name of Jesus Go to church, find a church that believes in this. Have brothers pray for you. Attend church. So why? So that way you have spiritual nourishing. Okay. Second, uh, I would say, you know, there's so much YouTube videos on what is junk food. Eliminate your refrigerator from junk food and replace it with healthy food and and. You know, and tap on to a healthy lifestyle and join clubs. There's a lot of clubs that teach you how to cook and how to eat. In other
0: words, what you're saying is don't just pray about it. You got to do the practical work.
1: That's the warfare. You know, you got the spirit out of you, spirit of of, uh, overeating, gluttony. I cast you out in the name of Jesus. Now now the battle's on. Now it's up to your will to say, I want to go to Publix and start eating greens and start eating vegetables and and fish and learn how to make it and ask god god change my taste buds teach the teach teach changing me the way i think and i view things okay and i and i keep myself in a thankful uh position lord thank you that you're changing my body lord thank you that each day my body progresses And I like the greens and I like the vegetables and I like good food. No, no, I don't like sodas. You know, by Thanksgiving, that alone itself is a spiritual warfare that benefits the believer. So, Carmen, how do you think or what what
0: what are the ways that that like you said, it's warfare. And, you know, you know, that saying all is fair and love and war.
1: Oh, yeah. What do you
0: what do you hold
1: on a minute? Hold on a minute.
0: Hold minute. Hold on a minute. I've got a dog that I need to rescue. Hold on. (laughs) hold on (laughs) sorry everybody but i have my little dog back there as you can see my little chihuahua and about a month ago she took a fall off that the same bed it cost me six hundred dollars. That's why I put her back where she goes. It's like little dog, please. I can't afford another fall. Okay, hold on. So Carmen, um, <clears throat> okay. So let me ask you, what are the things? Let's. That's it, it, like you said. This is this is a path. This is a process. This is the not only the decision but making the choices. What are the things that the the, the devil anybody was gonna throw at you? Okay. Get I mean, you like I mean, to get you right back to where you were before.
1: God uses the devil uses your relatives.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go with it. I mean, yes, I'm sure there's a lot of people going, I get it. I get that, yeah.
1: Your sister will knock on your door and say, Hey, look what I got you. A chocolate cake. Okay. <laughs> Friends that you've never that it's been months that you haven't spoken to suddenly call you and say, Hey, come on, my tree. Let's go have a ribs, you know? <laughs> hey, let's have some chicken wings. Hey, you know, let's go to the, to the Chinese buffet, you know? And, and buffet your body. You know, you, you start getting invitations from the woodworks. You know, and whatever you, wherever you go, you see a big burger. You know? <laughs> and and this burger now has a voice and eyes and eat me, eat me, bite me.
0: Yeah, calls you by name, right?
1: Calls you by name, you know? But that's where we those of us who have overcome and have received the lordship of jesus christ and jesus jesus christ is not just a mental ascend he has seated in the throne of our spirit he is lord of us spirit soul and body have authority to say no no in the name of jesus lord help me and start praising god hang up the phone tell your sister thank you for the cake then throw it away you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, you have to make decisions. Sure, every, yeah. It's tough we sometimes. We responsible for making right decisions. Okay. You know, just like we can make wrong decisions, we're responsible to make right decisions. But the power of God is with us to do that. And it'll be hard the first week, the first two, three weeks. But mm-hmm. after a month, guess what? You start seeing changes in your body. You'll feel better about yourself. You've now tagged on to friends in, in Facebook who, who teach you how to uh, use avocado to uh, spread with tuna instead of mayonnaise. And, okay. and you see all the benefits. And you start worshiping God before you know it. Guess what? You look behind you and that temptation won't be there.
0: So in other words, what you're saying is that, you know, and, and the reason why I'm going to point this out is that sometimes we live in a, an instant gratification um, expectations that Mm -hmm. we want things to manifest like, like this, like in a moment. So what you're saying is this is a process that you're going to have to do on a daily basis. And then slowly, gradually you start seeing all these, like you said, certain people come into your life that are beneficial to you, or Uh you come across information, which is helping you and things of this nature. Now, what do you, let me ask you, let's say for somebody who's been engaged in risky behavior. They're hanging out with the wrong people, uh maybe possibly drug use, uh maybe even crime. What happens to those people where it's not like like you said like I'm going to throw away the chocolate cake my sister gave me, you know, where you know, you might be de- dealing with people who are dangerous and believe me, the last thing they want is they they might be using you in some way. W- what advice do you get to somebody? which I imagine that that you're going to have more spiritual interference than maybe somebody else that, that you know, especially if you're engaged in something that's dark like that.
1: Well, I, I remember at 18, at 18, when, uh, no, I wasn't, I was 21, working for a corporation, and I was involved in the discotheque time, and, uh, yeah. and uh, Donna Summers in the disco, and uh, the pot and the cocaine and uh, the drinks. And suddenly inside of me, I knew I was headed for the wrong path.
0: Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that, that you have that epiphany, that moment that you're going, oh.
1: You know, yes. And it was growing. You know, it wasn't a sudden hit. It was a little voice inside of me saying, if you don't change and get off this merry-go-round. Okay. You're gonna have bad consequences. Bad consequences. And out of nowhere, you know, my brother starts talking to me about Jesus. I'm like, okay, I don't got a problem with Jesus. Jesus is a nice man. Now, what do you <laughs> do you, you know, he goes, but you have to make a commitment to Christ. Now, I didn't like that word commitment. Okay. You know, because God's asking you to make a commitment with Christ, to live Christ-like. Okay. And that's hard to do when your body really enjoys the disco. And really enjoys uh, the friends that you have and the lifestyle that you have. But inside of you, you know, you're heading into a bad road, you know. But as life, as the church started praying for me and my brother started praying for me, wherever I went, I had some Christian testify to me about Christ. I get out of the disco, and wouldn't you know it? On my windshield, there'll be a little paper that says "Jesus loves you." Okay, so, so
2: like,
1: <laughs> you're like, like, okay, what, what is this? You know, you know, I'm, I'm happy with my sin. Yeah, and you know, we're happy where we're at. But all those of us who are, who are partaking or are partaking of this, they know, we know inside of us that at that the end. It's not going to be very good. So I was young and I was making decisions that was going to form my life. And I got to tell you, it's never too late. It's never too late to change because God created everyone with a unique purpose. A purpose that only can
0: fulfill. And, you know, I'm glad you pointed that out because, you know, that example that you gave, when you said, you know, like you were 20 years old and a lot of people say, oh, you know, yeah, because, you know, when you're that age, you make mistakes and, you know, you kind of straighten yourself out. What do you tell people who have basically lived almost their entire life, whether they're 40, 50, 60, 70 years old? And. Is, like you said, it's not too late for them either, right?
1: Absolutely never too late because God created everyone with a specific design and purpose that they alone can fulfill. So at 60 years old, so what? You can start preaching the gospel in missions. You can start being a host on a radio show. You can teach other people how to be free of addictions. You can preach at the jail to the youth. You can work and do so many things for the gospel that God has already predestined you in heaven that you would do. And he's waiting on you. So it's never too late.
0: So there or in other words, yeah, there, it, there is never that, like that, you know, that saying, oh, I'm too old for that. No, you know, if, if there comes a moment where you say, hey, you know what, maybe I've lived all my life, you know, battling these demons or having these problems, whatever they are, whatever, I'm not going to be there. You can always have that moment where you decide you're going to make a change and you're never going to get the, oh, it's too late, you know
1: absolutely never i mean there's some people who today are sick in their flesh and it manifests let's say it manifests as a um, let's say it manifests as a uh, back pain okay the root to back pain is pride you know and and if, if we could search our hearts we all have a level of pride in our lives. Sure. Just like women who who suffer from, um, uh, say, uh, glands in their breast. Mm-hmm. When you when you look on the root of this, and I've been twenty years, you know, searching this. You know, the root of that is a lack of unforgiveness. Okay. And when you speak to them, you know, you start asking questions to see where things coming from. You know, is there someone you haven't forgiven? Oh yes, I haven't forgiven my father because my father divorced my mother. And you will see that there's a someone that they can't ever forgive. Yeah, so they, something
0: right that they carry. Like they say that they carry it in their chest area. And, very good. They
1: carry it in their chest. Yeah, uh, just like bitterness. Yes. You see, you know, in old people, you see what has affected their lives by their expression. Do they look sad? Do they look happy? Do they look bitter? Yes, yeah. It's roots of bitterness that stem from uh, a divorce, from a a husband that left you, a wife that left you, uh, children, but there's a root of bitterness in our lives that we can't take out of us and say, here, God, this is yours now fill me with the joy of gladness.
0: Well, I imagine sometimes these people after years of hanging on to this anger or this lack of forgiveness, it's almost like you it you know, you want to keep it because you know, being angry makes you feel like, you know, you it's part of you, you know, and it's difficult to sometimes for, I imagine for people to understand guess what the root of Maybe a symptom that you're showing in your physical body is an emotion.
1: Absolutely. You know? Or well, an emotion that. Here, I heard a story from one of the pastors that uh, I help um, counsel. She's out of Venezuela. She was telling me a story of a lady that was brought to her that was completely bent over. The lady actually walked with her hands and feet. Wow. So, everybody had prayed for her. And nothing was happening and she said oh I would like to know what the root of this is so she started fasting she the pastor started fasting and praying for this lady because she needs to we need to hear from God we need to hear from the Holy Spirit we need revelation which in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 it says that he gives us a spirit of revelation insight you see, everything is spiritual. So she's asking God where did this come from? And after two days of praying and fasting and giving thanks to God, she believed she she believed in her spirit that she heard unforgiveness. Okay,
0: so so what you're saying is that
1: here's somebody praying for somebody else.
0: Okay, because so far it's not that this lady was devoid of any good spiritual life. She was, but still there was this Nobody could come up with a reason of why she was had this back thing going on, and is what you're saying. So,
1: according to the pastor, she was completely bent over. Oh. So when, so then they they had a private session, and she said to her, "Do you really want to be free of this? Because this requires from you to give up hurts and pains from the
0: past." Good question, right? That, that that right there is like, yep, that's a good question.
1: In other words, don't waste my time if you don't want to be free of this. And the lady said, yes, I wish to be free of this. She goes, whatever it takes. She said, whatever it takes. Right. So, so she was confronted then. She was confronted by truth. Why is it who in your life you have not forgiven uh and the good, lady. Good question balding. right
0: like ha, ha ha ha
1: yeah and the lady Bernie. I mean, this is real life okay. real situations it happens to people sure you know we don't we don't live in a little bubble we've all been through hurts mm-hmm. of one type of another so the lady starts balding and crying and crying and after half an hour of crying she was able to mumble and say that her father had sexually abused her.
2: There you go.
1: Mm-hmm. And then she was asked, can you forgive him? Now this took hours. This took like maybe six hours to get the lady to be able to say, I forgive my father by faith. Because sometimes you can't forgive someone totally. Mm-hmm. And even that is in layers, in time. You know, you do it as an act of faith. By faith, I'm forgiving him. But as we get filled with the love of Christ, with the goodness of Christ, with the kindness of Christ, we start forgiving more and more and more. And when you look behind you, that pain is not there anymore. Because nothing is a microwave prayer. Okay. A a baby uh, takes nine months to be conceived. You know, it's done in half an hour. Right, yeah,
0: but the final product...
1: The final product takes nine months. Everything is gradual. And the Bible says it very clear. You know, you plant the seed, you water it, and in time, it sprouts out. Everything in life is a process. There's nothing, those fat diets don't work. Unless you pay the price, you're never going to be in control. Um, So this lady started again crying, and it took a process. But six hours later, that lady walked out of the church completely standing up. Yeah. As, as she laid on the floor crying and, and sisters talking to her, giving her deliverance. This is the word, deliverance. Okay. Forgive so-and-so, forgive so-and-so. Who else you haven't forgiven? She started straightening up. It was a process.
0: Okay. So basically this anger.
1: This was, this unforgiveness. Right. Caused a physical ailment in her body. Wow. This happened to, you know? And I, so, and
0: yeah. The, 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 it, I, I know that a lot of people have a hard time believing that there's such a strong connection between emotions, what you think, and the symptoms that your body will show, you know, or, you know, things, like you said, not necessarily even a disease, but she was walking, you know, according to you, she was bent over. Totally
1: bent over. And I, I believe the pastor. i I preach in that church many, many times. Now, you said, you know, you use the
0: word deliverance, Carmen. Mm -hmm. But is this deliverance in the, because a lot of people think of deliverance as in like the casting of spirits or something like this. Is this the same thing or is this something different?
1: It's the same thing. Uh, Lack of unforgiveness is a spirit. Okay. That has talked to her ear for years saying, your father, you can't forgive him. Oh, your father did this to you, and you can't forgive him, and you can't talk to no one about it because it's shameful. It's shameful that your father used you sexually. Okay. So she grew up in shame. So that that devil ministered to her ear night and day for many years. Okay. So it is that. It is a devil. It is a spirit. We live in a spiritual world.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: you know, it wasn't God doing that to her. It, it was right.
0: Right. So it's not just the, the act of her forgiving her father. It's also, there's a deliverance part, which is what you were saying that the people around her were doing for her, They, they were helping her.
1: They were helping her by saying, who else you haven't forgiven? Okay. I haven't forgiven my brother for so-and-so I haven't forgiven this. I have shame. That's a big word that people hide in them, man and women. I have shame. Uh, But as she spoke it, she brought it to the light.
2: Okay, right. And
1: that's where it
0: loses its power.
1: It loses its power. Once you bring that from inside you, what's in darkness, and you shine light on it, poof, it goes away. You know, rejection is also another one. You know, that woman was going through rejection as well.
0: Yeah, especially from somebody as, as a child. I imagine that, that that can cause a lot of problems.
1: And I believe in a lot of people that I have spoken to who've gotten deliverance from um, uh, being gay. Right. When I speak to them, someone in their youth has molested them. That opened the door in the spirit realm for that devil. Is able to minister to that person or speak to his ear, saying, "You know what? You like men. You know you like men. This happened to you. You can't talk about it. It's shameful." But I just see a big correlation there. Okay. I see girls who I have ministered to who wanted to be free. That's the word. Who wanted to be free? Okay. Lesbian lifestyle. When I speak to them. A root cause is abandonment normally by, by the father. Okay. You know, rejection sets in. Shame. The, the man that's supposed to be a godly figure to her, uh, uh, a father's a provider. He covers, he takes care of girls, of their daughters. That figure is not there. That rejection settled in. Something happened where no father, no mother. Okay. You know, I just see I look for parallels. You know, and um
0: And Carmen, what do you let me ask you because I know there's a lot of people out there do people ever have a physical manifestation? Because people will say, you know what? Um especially when they're going through what they think is either a spiritual or demonic, where they actually visually see something horrible or bad close to them? Is this part of what you're talking about where there's a physical manifestation that they see it, not just something that they feel? In other words, that, that basically you see proof of it outside of your body. Is that possible?
1: I've seen manifestations. Okay. I don't know if the person has, but uh, I have, uh, as an example, as an example, I was uh, someplace ministering and these two brothers, young, they were young, they were like 18, 21, wanted prayer. Okay. And um, I said, okay. So I prayed for one and suddenly the kid falls to the floor. Okay. Falls to the floor and starts groaning. <laughs> that was Was <laughs> oh I been
0: like, oh, oh boy.
1: Okay? <laughs> this was a manifestation. And, um. That You know, everybody's wanting to stand him up. I'm like, for God's sake, don't stand him up. Leave him on the floor and sit on him. So I had two guys sit on him so he wouldn't move. He became very aggressive, okay. wanting to grab my legs. So then I started praying. Okay. Started praying because this is not like Hollywood. Get out of me, Satan. You know, you come out. You know? No, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> First, I got to go to God and say, God never uses the same method to deliver one person that's why one of my classes is how to hear the voice of god how to hear the voice and the leadings of god in your spirit you know because we have spiritual antennas inside of us in our spirit so i asked the holy ghost god what do i do here it's almost midnight i really don't want to be here and this guy is yelling in the floor you know, okay. you know it, it so happened to be that it was in the backyard uh, and uh, and he's loud and all the dogs start barking. Woo, 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 like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I can imagine you were like, oh, this is, yeah, <laughs> it, 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 I imagine in a way it's creepy. It's scary. You know, as much as you don't want to think of it that way, you know, especially but, when somebody starts acting like that.
1: Yeah. You know, so then I asked Lord, how, what would you do? Lord, what's how do I, do I deliver this kid so suddenly an epiphany took place inside of me a knowing. and the knowing was number one that he was not born again you know he had a mental ascent of jesus but he wasn't born again in other words you can't have two masters in one house who's the house our body okay you can't have two masters in one house it's either light or darkness. I said earlier, it's two kingdoms, but one choice. So the devil obviously oppressing him. But a person who's oppressed and demonized doesn't lose all his faculties. Okay. They always recognize their name. And I asked them, do you want to be free? You've had the devil for a few years. You can handle it a lifetime. But do you want to be free? and the kid said with his voice he said yes and again i grabbed his face in my hands i said look at me look at me do you want to be free and again he said yes what am i doing we live like i said earlier we live in a spiritual world okay here you have light and darkness here you have angels and demons in the spirit i said earlier that we have a free will okay his free will was to be free. So this is what the Lord asked me to do. To cast the devil out of him himself.
2: Okay. And what, I said, what did you do?
1: I said, I called, but I'm going to not mention his name. Say John, John Doe.
0: Right. That's fine.
1: John Doe. Tell that devil to leave you. Well, before that, let me go back. I asked him, you know what? You want to be free? He said, yes. I said, but you have to accept the Lord Christ in your life and throne him. I said, follow what I'm saying, but you got to mean it from your heart. Because whatever happens, God always looks at the heart. Of course. Mm -hmm. God always looks at the motivation of the heart, our intent. What is the intent? You know, so the kids started following and I walked them through. I said, Jesus, I thrown you as my Lord over my soul. Jesus, I call you Lord over my spirit, my body. And this took a while. Okay. I would see that suddenly he would go a little further and suddenly he would faint. That wasn't him fainting. That was the devil being deceivious. The devil is a liar, and the father of lies, trying to knock the kid out. I said, "No, you don't. You're not falling asleep on me. You're not passing out because you're not passing out." So I would call the kid by his name, okay, the spirit of the kid, the spirit of the kid, the one that has authority. Hey, hey, wake up! Look at me. Let's continue. And I let him through. He goes, "I call myself born again. I'm washed by the blood of the lamb. I reject." every unclean spirit and i and everything that god gave me at that time i reject and i took him through a little path of cleansing himself and he rejected it himself
0: okay which which i imagine is important because like you said this is where the free choice comes in so if in other words if he didn't do it
1: the darkness has to back out
0: but but in other words what you're saying is no matter how much you would want to help him if he didn't accept it firsthand
1: it that's right okay that's right however this process which took two hours as he started you know saying i received christ as my lord seated in my throne seated in my in, in my soul in my spirit in my body i repent of of ungodly acts i repent of um Etc. Etc. You see his face change.
0: Okay. How so? He, what, why, what? What? What kind of change did you see?
1: Softness came in. Clarity came in. His voice came back. His mind came back. Okay. Slowly, we were able to get off of him. So, you know, and this took two hours. You know, at the end, he started crying, feeling. He said, "I feel like something left me." Okay. Something left. Me. You know, and then. I asked, what's the root of this? And since his aunt is a pastor, he says, I think I know how this happened to him. I said, how? He says, because I practice martial arts. You see, martial arts, when they ask you to meditate on the dragon, the dragon, the cat, the tiger, they're all deities. And the moment that a person starts chanting and start meditating on that dragon they open up themselves in the spirit realm and that and they become demonized like this kid did so all that stuff in um grasshopper and how hollywood has played it all those kids get demonized this kid was a product of that and when he took me to his room Uh he showed his uh karate sweaters with, with the dragon and the tiger and this so guess what? He didn't practice that art anymore. He took up football instead. And five years later, he's got a girlfriend, he's about to get married, and he's totally free.
0: Now let me ask you, that. why do you think, even though I know he identified it as that, why couldn't it have been from another source? Why do you think it was only that?
1: Because, I, like I said earlier, uh, Transcendental Meditation is a cult and you end up channeling deities and in the martial arts you know the dragon is a deity the tiger the cat and so on and so on and he channeled it so that was the entrance way that that devil had
0: okay so you're saying that that was the gateway
1: that for was what happen
0: ga- yes so and uh, I'm gonna move on to something that we spoke yeah. about earlier which I thought was very interesting, which was territorial warfare, okay? And you mentioned something where that this is sometimes things that, that, that happens to the land, okay? And that sometimes people are unaware. Sometimes they're aware and sometimes they're unaware because they don't know the history, but they kind of walk into situations that has the basis for, for lack of a better word of
1: where they're living at. Yes. Like, like, like I said earlier, you know, Marlene, uh, you got to bring me back to your show. I know I did three pages and you've had me all over the place.
0: Okay. I'm sorry. I'm, I, it's that I want to, I want to fit everything in. And, and I thought that, you know, and because was it's almost there- like the spiritual part uh-huh. is almost like the human component. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the person, Okay. The
1: soul. But okay. then when
0: you said that thing about the territorial warfare it's okay. almost like the something else that affects the person but is not necessarily the root of it is not in them per se. It could be the area or the land or the I don't know, that's what I understood. Okay but that uh, affects yeah. them. You know. Yeah.
1: Um, here's an example. Warfare is two sided. Okay. When we say warfare, spiritual warfare is two sided. One is in the inside, which what is what we've been talking about.
2: Right, exactly.
1: Our bodies, us. The other one is outside. Outside when you go out to your land, the act that the fact that I go around my house anointing it with oil, blessing it, that's territorial warfare okay that,
0: right which is what we talked about which is this is the difference where one is the the person's body
1: uh-huh. okay and, and the this second, is, this the is something place.
0: different this is the place they inhabit the
1: place they inhabit it could be a country it could be a land it could be your house okay okay for example um, I was once in Venezuela on the borderline of uh, Colombia and Venezuela and it's called Cucuta, a very dark place because Cucuta is known for sex trade. Uh, they sell women, they sell children. If you can think of it, it's sold there. Okay, okay. It's a very dark place. Number one and number two, the Venez- the Venezuelans sell their goods, to the Colombians, whatever it may be. But it's a dark border, a very dark border. So we were in Venezuela like an hour from there and we were praying. We were praying how to bless the land because there had been a lot of bloodshed in areas where there's been a lot of bloodshed. That area is cursed. And if you see it in the pictures and photos that I have, it's desolate. It's dirty, it's grimy, it has pigs, it has dogs barking that are not very well taken care of. It looks like a horror movie. Okay. Desolate. And I said, so we were praying how to bless the land and what the, the Lord placed in my heart and in the pastor's heart, the one who invited me. Okay. Was to go out and go to the river. Of these two countries and walk and pray and worship as much as we could so we took a taxi drove to the other side of Venezuela Colombia okay during that season the river wasn't high it was extremely low extremely low like maybe a quarter of an inch okay so we got down there and we started walking and we started anointing the waters with oil. What kind of oils were you using? Do you remember? It matter. No, it doesn't matter. It was olive oil, canola oil. It was oil. Oh, so it's oil. Okay,
0: okay. I, I just wanted to know because I know people were asking themselves that like, I wonder if there's a special oil that has to be used. But basically, you're saying any oil. It's the intent.
1: It's the intent. Uh, you know, you could use three things, but that's another class. You use oil, wine, and salt. But in this case... We used oil and we used wine, you know. Wine okay. typifies the blood of Jesus. Okay. Okay. So we anointed it as we, with one hand I had the wine and the other hand I had the oil, as, and it was a team. A team went out to do this. Okay. We had guards praying for us. We had people watching out for us. You know, you do this in a yeah, team. Yeah, the
0: practical part of it.
1: You need. Yeah, you have
0: to take care of yourself. Also, it's not like
1: right. We, we did this with a team that we were all in the same sequence, same spirit, who have spent two or three days praying for this. Okay. You know, so we went out there, we anointed with oil, we claimed the blood of Jesus, because this is what we saw. This is what we received in our spirits as we prayed about how to bless that particular land.
0: Carmen, and let me ask you, I know you said that there was a lot of trafficking of, you know, you name it,
1: people, whatever. Were
0: there any people actually able to live there or no? Or was it just... On
1: either side, yes. On either side, in Venezuela and Colombia, people do live. But this is what happened. This is what happened. We anointed the area. uh, We poured the wine, taking authority of spirit of violence, spirit of murder, Spirit of bloodshed, spirit of prostitution, Mm -hmm. uh, deceiving spirit, everything that came to our hearts that took place in that area. We asked God to bless it, to consecrate that area, to be a border of peace. Where in the natural, it would seem impossible. We declared it be an area of peace. No more murder, no more bloodshed, no more violence. And then we started singing. He gave us a song. Uh, Worship is is the most powerful weapon anyone could use. So we started worshiping, and we took shafars out there. Um, Then I wondered, Lord, what are you going to do with this? Because all that is there in the Spirit. At some point, God's going to use it. Well, you know, Googling today, uh, this happened in September 8, 2015. Okay. 17,000 Colombians Had to go back out of Venezuela into Colombia. Okay. Because President Maduro said, hey, guess what, Colombians? You can't live here in Venezuela. Of course, the benefit of living in Venezuela is that it's a lot cheaper to live there than it is in Colombia. Okay. So 17,000 people started crossing back to Colombia. 17,000 people. This is not a very big road. You're talking two lanes going, two lanes coming. You had the Venezuelan government on one side. You had the Colombian military on the other. You know, uh, things looked very ugly. But this is something you can Google. No deaths took place.
0: Because normally, this is a place where there wasn't only trafficking but there was what combat or people killing each other and people
1: killing each other because of, of drugs and, and of corruption. Uh, the Colombians would, would buy um, vehicles uh, full of food for the Venezuelans to sell up in the Colombia side because uh, it was okay. cheap. You know, if you could think of it, it took place in these borders, always border countries in South America are very dark places. So, uh, 17,000 people, Venezuelan military, Colombian military, um, people having. By the way, a lot of people walked and took bicycles because they they didn't all their house, all their possessions they took with them. Okay, back to Colombia, these people had to set up tents. Where to sleep in? Right, you know, there is no man's land. You you find a little space, it's squatters. Boom! You make a little house; it's yours. Okay. But it, it, I, you know, it blessed me to see, and the church to see that in such a, a political climate that nobody died. There was a few fights.
0: Yeah, and I imagine that there's there have been years or traditions of, of discord and like well the worst discord, which is murder, the death of other human beings.
1: Yes, yes. So it blessed me that what God asked us to do. Uh, a year earlier you know uh, two years earlier here this massive exile of people going through that place that nobody died see that bling that brings glory to god that brings glory to god that nobody died nobody perishes god is a god of peace
0: now carmen let me ask you what happens to somebody and and i'm gonna i want to put a more practical aspect to it like like you said this place everybody knew that it was a borderline a border between two countries and you know there was if it was bad it was being trafficked so bloodshed murder you know whatever Mm -hmm. but let's look at the more practical let's say somebody let's say here in the united states you know not in a place that you would know the history of it for being a bad area how do you know if there might be that something similar to that happened there and of course you innocently come along years later with no idea of what took place there what do you tell somebody that might that could give you a hint if you are just let's say you move to that part of the country for example you know, sometimes certain areas, people say, "Oh, yeah, that area, no, that happened." But let's say you just moved there; you have no idea. You you say, "Hey, you know what? I'm gonna get a house built, or I, that house, I'm gonna buy it." What could, do people but, look could, for? What is the sign that 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 you might that you might be running into problems because of something that happened there before?
1: Well, you would see calamity if you started to build a house or purchase a house. It's things are always breaking down. Okay. Uh, you would hear sounds in the house um things that you hadn't pla- things that you haven't seen uh you see movement in the house you- not favorable ones okay uh you plant something and it dies nothing that you do the house starts breaking down on you that's not a blessing no of
0: course not yeah i mean everything has normal wear and tear but i, I imagine you're saying something that like what are the odds of X amount of things maybe not working all at once or,
1: what's the odd of of a new house having a roof that when it rains water comes in, right? That's an example, and, and it must be also a lot more than that. You know, uh, sinks uh, overflowing. You know, major things like that. Okay, uh, was it built in a Indian reservation? Was okay. it? Old Indian burial ground. All Florida belonged to the Indians, and the Indians were very occultic people. You know, uh, was it a place that? Um, what's the history of it? You know, uh, okay. you can inquire, you can find out demographics. Me as, me, as far as my house is concerned, I I try to walk around my house with the oil, with the wine, blessing my house coming against any spirit of robbery, theft, vandalism. I bless my house. I proclaim that it prospers, that nothing breaks down, that the walls last until I'm done with the house, that the roof stays intact, that the grass, I even pray that there'll be no bugs. (laughs) Yeah, why not? Absolutely. Absolutely. Why not I I had a circumstance where I do not like frogs and since I lived behind a lake I would come home and guess what I had these big toads in the front porch yeah I
0: imagine yeah of course that
1: was not a welcoming sign you know I would walk in his big toad I would have to clap and find a stick to ah I said until one day the Lord put in my heart why? Why am I allowing this? I'm like, what do you mean, Lord? He goes, you have authority over the frogs. And I came to my sense and I said, that's right, I do. And I said, in the name of Jesus, all these frogs and toads are cursed and they're to leave my property. This is my property. God gave this to me in the name of Jesus. After that, Marlene, I hardly see a toad. I hardly see a frog. Well, In hot summer months, I might see one or two. But I had like 10, 15 in the front porch. They're
0: all waiting for you when you got home? Like, hey, there she is. Hello. Yes.
1: (laughs) And and I call the animals to come into my property. Okay. You know, I says, I live behind a lake. There's birds, there's turtles, and some nice iguanas. Uh Uh-huh. And I say, iguanas and turtles come to my house. The presence of the living God is here. The same God that created me created them. Of course. And they recognize this. They're they're, they're a lot smarter than we are. Because we 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 use logic.
0: Oh well, yeah, of course. And
1: so, Carmen, what what
0: that, advice would you give somebody, you know, who's gonna buy not not build, I'm talking about buying a house you know, that's already been constructed. Uh, let's face it, you know, the most you're going to get if you look at government records is who are the owners, but you really have no idea what the actual, uh, either what happened on the land or what happened in that structure before you came. You know, unless it made the headline somewhere, you really don't know. Well, What's if, your advice to somebody who's out there, purchased a home? Is there something that they should do before they move in?
1: Well, Marlene, yes. Bless their land. Bless their land. If it's a believer... You know, you got to have a Santero buy the property. Okay. That's not going to happen. Only short lived ones. It's not going to happen very long. You know, unless, uh, you know, somebody who practices the occult moves next door and you can tell her houses are spooky. Okay. You know, they have these vivid colors, blue, green, you know, uh, for, for, for reasons. But at any rate, um, I'll give you an example also my neighbor okay he's into witchcraft so on sunday i hear some sounds and i knew off the bat they were chanting by the lake so i go back there oh, because he
0: has access to to his from his yard to the lake as well
1: well i live in a zero lot line right and um you know on a zero lot line you you can see what he's barbecuing
0: yeah you know? exactly right right i know what you mean i know what you mean
1: We have, you know, fences, you know, wood fences, but they they can't cover up sound. Yeah. So I go to the back and they were chanting. I said, oh, no, 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 no. Those spirits don't come into my house. So I do know that a shafar is a very spiritual war instrument. Okay. So I took out my shafar and I didn't open the door. The sliding glass door. From right there, I started blowing continuously the shifar, proclaiming that God sends angels of fire, ministering angels. I sent confusion to the enemy's camp. No more than five minutes took place and they had left. I bless my land with oil. I plead the blood of Jesus around my land. I call my land blessed, prosperous. And I mind my business.
0: So what do you, but <clears throat> I guess coming Sorry. back, going back to my original question, what do you do for somebody who kind of sees the neighbors, but you you know, you're you're going to buy this house you just moved in. So you really don't know that much about your neighbors. Unless it's very obvious, but let's say for, the, it's not. Is there something they should do on their property? Like you said, as far as anointing or anything, just
1: just in case? Be well, morning the one with the power and the authority is a person purchasing the property. Of course. So if they're planning on buying it or have bought it, right. bless the property, speak Psalms into it, call it blessed, be thankful for the land, repent if any witchcraft took over the uh, that land, if any wrongdoing was in that land, and say, Lord, I thank you that all those curses are broken and just anointed with oil, from point a to point b you know the measurements of the property bless it but you do this continuously at least do it every other month and bless you so it's not like
0: a one-shot deal you you got to work on it in case something that wasn't there before comes in or or whatever right in other words it's an ongoing process
1: it's an ongoing process nothing is instant it's an ongoing process yes the bible says that we need to be vigilant so we continuously bless our property, bless our lands, bless our animals, okay, that dwell in the land.
0: Now let me ask you something because you mentioned something that you said there's there's some there's some pastors or some churches that understand what you're talking about, and there's others that don't really either know about it or work with it. What do you say to somebody who belongs to a church? where they don't talk about this or they're not knowledgeable about it or they just don't like they're just that's not their thing and you know how do you what advice do you give somebody that like hey you don't want to insult your pastor or maybe your other fellow you know people that go to the church with you but how do you go about getting more information or going down this path if you think that you know, spiritual warfare, territorial warfare, you might think might, like you did, like what happened to you that you realized at some point there's something here that I need to find out about. What advice do you yeah. give somebody that finds themselves in that situation?
1: Number one, they don't have to insult their pastors. There's such a thing as uh, YouTube. <laughs> they, can, okay. they they can Google uh Spiritual warfare, territorial warfare, find out preachers that are teaching this, uh, listen to what they're teaching, you know, and start educating yourself. You know, the Bible says that we perish for lack of knowledge. We. Okay. It's a personal thing. You know, you don't have to leave your church. You just need to educate yourself that there's more. And if someone wants to find out more, they're they're free to email me.
0: Okay, which was exactly what i was going to ask you but i'll tell you what because besides the you know my advice is let's your email let them contact you directly i don't want you to give out your email here on the show i'd rather them go to where where can what do you do do you have a website Do you have a facebook how can they connect with you facebook okay uh what how are you listed on facebook
1: carmen lopez ministries
0: Ministries like with R-I-E-S at the end.
1: Correct, R-I-E-S.
0: On Facebook. They can Mm -hmm. connect with you there and then if they need to follow up with you, they can email you or instant message you on Facebook. Is that right?
1: That's correct.
0: And Carmen, I know there's people that are going to want to know, you know, not only about connecting about you, but like you you said, you, you made a point, you know. Do you have or will you have information whether it's a show or podcast or tapes somebody that wants to get more information on this because they think that maybe the root of their problem lies in this direction and maybe the church they're attending or the people around them they're not going to get any help from them do mm-hmm. you can they go to your to facebook for you and you you absolutely. might have material for them
1: absolutely they can uh write me on messenger okay notification in uh facebook under carmen lopez ministries
0: okay all right in, and, and they can they, take it from there once they they touch you know once they explain to you what it is that they're looking for you can help uh orient them in the right direction as depending on what it is that they're they want to know about i imagine right
1: that's correct that's correct Okay.
0: That's correct. so and because you know as you know you know youtube is seen around the world so i imagine that there's people in other parts of the world and you know you made reference you've worked not only in the united states but you've gone to other countries okay oh i've, I've
1: been all over the globe
0: right you've been to a lot of other countries you know where it, there's some like like when you were describing the territorial warfare where mm-hmm. there's some version of that in that country mm-hmm. that's affecting not only the land but the people that live in that area so oh, and, the, yeah. and you know what? Yeah. And I'm going to ask you this: Do you yeah. think that people, let's say you have an area like you described, where there's murders, there's dark, dark dealings. It's just a bad area, mm-hmm. and that's why I had asked you. You know, are there people living there? Do you think that those people that live in that area or on the perimeter of it become a like it bleeds into their lives, where they start becoming bad people? You understand what I'm saying? People that maybe when they moved there, they were okay, and then because they are live so close or in that land, it starts to change who they are or what they do.
1: Yes, it does, unless they belong or have a strong church that believes in spiritual warfare and knows how to how to come about this. I mean... And that church that I was telling you that I visited in Venezuela, that's an hour from Cucuta. Okay. When the pastor first invited me there. <laughs> she told me through Skype, she was, I'll have you know that in this town, 28 people wake up dead every day.
0: Oh my God. And that's from what? From murders?
1: For murders. Yes. Uh, people get into scrabbles and they shoot themselves. Well, she must shoot. be really busy there. Yes, but you know, I've known her now for six years, and that town has totally turned around.
0: That's good news.
1: Yeah, I mean, from 28 dead to three, I mean, that's, that's yeah, a Yeah, big... that's, that, that, that's an improvement, I would say. But her church has tripled. More people are taught on this. More teams are out praying in different uh sectors of the community there's prayer just about 24 hours a day you know the territory is always being prayed for what happens where there's a lot of prayer in a territory crime comes down
0: okay yeah these of course people, right it's like a trickle effect
1: these people have actually have learned how to go out and pray and and you know to shut down discotheques to shut down pornography and guess what the businesses have shut down and the pornography has shut down. I remember when I was, I really had to pray and ask God, does he want me going to that town? Okay. Cause I imagine, let
0: me uh, uh, let's, and, and I want to ask you about the practical, the reality of going to some of these places. I imagine they're dangerous for you as well, right?
1: Yes, they are. And I play it very, very safe, as safe as possible. God has not, Call me to do things out of the ordinary. He wants my best well being. But I remember when I first got to that town, I didn't go alone. I took someone with me. Okay. Because God always sent them two by two. You know, so I got there and they placed me on one. Town only has two hotels. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But, But guess what? That hotel was pleasant enough for that area okay. very clean but the next door neighbor was a tech, so it was three four in the morning and my walls are vibrating boom 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 and boom, you were
0: that strobe with the light was still going on huh
1: <laughs> yeah and i'm thinking okay i'm supposed to wake up at seven and teach this stuff <laughs>
0: uh-huh
1: so, yeah so but guess what I, I went back three years later and the disco had closed down Okay, there you go. <laughs> no more to thump to thump thump thump. No. So this stuff works. There's people here in the US. Friends of mine in in a, in the Oregon territory that they get up early in the morning and they go to to the high places, to the courthouses and they just walk around the block or around the steps and pray for governments and they pray for judges, and, and they pray for peace, and they, they pray that all that's in darkness comes into the light, you know, and that God puts pious people in leadership a leadership position, that uh, drug deals break, that mm-hmm. the cops find drug houses. You know, okay. things are taking place to change communities and bring families well, together.
0: Now let me ask you that because you know, Carmen, um, even though I think I might know the answer to this, but I'm still going to ask you, you know, like you said, they go to these specific places and they pray and they, you know, they anoint, whatever the case might be. But remotely, can groups of people pray for certain areas to improve or do they have to be there physically?
1: No, they could play, pray remotely because, like I said earlier, there's no time or distance in the spirit. okay. So whatever you pray, that goes straight to the spirit realm. Those angels know what to do with that prayer.
0: Okay, so it doesn't—they don't have to be physically there, you know—to to to, to and intercede or to offer a prayer for whatever, what, whatever, like you said, if it's an area that's got high crime and murder and all these horrible things going on that they could say, well, even if I'm on, the, on another part of the world, I can
1: still do something about it. Absolutely. You could, you could be right off of Skype like we are and be interceding with two or three Christians uh, over the Middle East. Okay. You know, o- over things and events that are happening in our countries, in our state. It okay. doesn't matter because there's no time or distance in the spirit realm.
0: All right, Carmen, it has been great to interview you. Okay, and I am definitely going to bring you back because I know that there's a lot of listeners, whether they don't have any knowledge or they had some knowledge about this, but want to know more, okay, about the specifics, okay? And especially I, what I thought was so riveting was when you gave these stories about things that you've experienced firsthand. Because like I tell everybody, you can read a dozen books, or, but when you have that firsthand experience in front of you, that you live it, you know, you understand what I'm saying, I think that that's the key to that you finally like absolutely accept the reality of it, and I think that a lot of people, when they hear these stories that you were saying about things that you've done or you've seen, they're like, wow, you know, like, which is why, you know, one of the things that I admire about you is that it's not that you've heard the story, you've actually done it, you've been there you've been to these locations where even your personal safety was at risk you know because like you said these are areas where there's a lot of crime and you know people can do things sometimes without you know any fear of law enforcement so that counts for a lot so definitely when I come back I would want you to talk about these things about other stories about things that that you've experienced firsthand and what you've seen and the like and like what you said, the outcome. You know, I checked back on one or two years later, you know, this had changed for the positive. Yeah. Okay. And
1: I like to with your permission, I like to add Marlene, that I advise, you know, uh whomever's listening not to do any of this unless they know how. Oh uh, I'm you glad know, you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up. Go ahead. Say, I, I've spent years learning on it. Uh, I've had great mentors I learned how to do this Uh, at first I'd fly with my mentor or people that practice this you know I learned I learned you know so I've been at this for the past I want to say nine years okay if anybody is is a warrior and they know in their heart they've been called to pray for the nation they have a heart to see people delivered uh, to have territories delivered start blessing your property okay at at the most start walking around the block blessing it in the name of jesus declaring peace declaring that all the couples that live here will stay together whatever god puts in your heart
0: so in other words they could start off small like in their own backyard for lack of a better thing
1: yes that's how i started okay and
0: Small. And then at the same time, I imagine that then the 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 wise thing, besides the mentoring, is to get books or to get materials so that
1: they start reading about it, right? Absolutely. I have classes that I teach online on on these subjects. You know, uh, right, sometimes people
0: mistakenly think that good intentions is all you need, but there's a practical aspect to this. It's just not like wanting it. to help. No, I agree.
1: Start praying for your property, for your house, for your block, for the school that your kids attend. Walk it. Walk it. Because for those of us who have received the Lordship of Jesus Christ in our lives, the presence of the living God live in us. So when we walk our area, if we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, God lives in us. So when we walk, who's walking? It's God walking in us. As a matter of fact, nowhere in the Bible did Jesus or anybody call us christians okay we're small gods right we're the mobile house of the
0: holy spirit right and a lot of people fail to recognize <laughs> that or or like you said uh, i think a lot of people give up their power they they don't realize like what you said that they do have that power they kind of like think that they're helpless or you know or you know that they that they're kind of at the mercy of You have a fate, you know, they have no control and their life is out of their hands and uh, or or that they have not even thinkable that they have power to banish, to 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 pray and say, I want these bad things to go away from this area or from, like you said, their their homes or their, you know, the 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 block they live on or the school where their kid goes to. A lot of people don't think they have that power.
1: They do have that power. And um, I have a, a, a noon God has given me a, a hunger to pray for our nation. And I have a noon prayer with a toll-free number, which I'll give it to you and you could post it online or whatever no, you want to do. No, do you have it there? No, not. Okay, well, e- you
0: give it to me and I'll post it in the credits of the of the, of the the show. Don't worry. All
1: right. And up to 100 people could call at okay. noon. And we pray for the president. Listen, this is not about Obama or about Trump. Godly, God said... In the Bible, first of all, pray for those who are in authority that you might live a peaceable life. And this is acceptable to the Lord. So I want to pray for the president, whether it's Obama, Trump, or whomever comes. Because okay. God said it. Because mm-hmm. God said it. That we might live a peaceable life. So I remember a little while ago that I, I was interested in how many departments or districts uh Miami has. Okay. And it has teams. I started to find out from the website what's the name of the leading person, the chairman, uh, the council, the director of these 13 districts were. And we would lift up their names every day with a prayer partner, and we'd speak their names, and we'd ask God to bless them if they weren't born again, that their eyes be open to the truth of the gospel of the living God, and that they receive Jesus as Lord. And then we also prayed that whatever they were doing in darkness, that it would come to the light. Okay. That Miami might be known for not a magic city, but a city of light and of truth and transparency. And I remember in the course of two weeks, uh, a council from uh, (laughs) Sweetwater was caught that someone paid him off $3,000 to approve a bid. oh, oh.
0: I think and, I heard about that. I, th- I do believe I think I heard about that.
1: That was two weeks of prayer, prayer. And then s- another one in North Miami got caught for something else. See, there, there's things that you do in the natural, in prayer, that in the spirit, it carries weight. Okay. And none of us we're called with a purpose and a destiny and a lot of us have a hunger to see our communities change our schools
0: you know and we're
1: not helpless so
0: i imagine yeah that a lot of a lot of people um like like i said before sometimes they feel helpless that they have no power they have nothing that they can offer or do you know um on on their end And from what, from what you're describing, yes, they do. They do have.
1: They, they, they do. And and they could contact me at at Carmen Lopez ministries in Facebook. Okay. I'm going to put
0: that in the credits of the show. So as a link so that people can go there, Carmen, and they can get more information because I'm sure there's going to be people who do want to know more about this. Okay. And uh, absolutely. I'm going to bring you back on. But thank you so much for appearing. Y- your information has been fantastic. Okay. It's been great yeah. as a matter of fact. And I know that a lot of people are going to really enjoy it. You know, uh, everything that you described. And I know there's going to be a lot of questions. So absolutely, I'm going to be bringing you back on it. And I'll let everybody know ahead of time that you're going to be appearing on the show. Okay.
1: Yes. Let me just, with your permission, pray for the sure. audience. Of course. And for yourself. Yes. Thank well- you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that the word of God that you gave me has fallen into good soil, the soil of the people's hearts, and it produces fruit, fruits of life, fruits of salvation, fruits that their children are blessed, that their family be blessed that they all come to your knowledge, that their animals be blessed, Lord God. I pray that those who are facing negative circumstances, that this will shed light onto them, Lord, light of hope, light of life. I ask you to protect every single one of them, Lord, with the blood of Jesus. Father, I thank you for your angels of fire encamp around them, taking care of them and taking care of their vehicle, Father. Your heavenly protection is around all of them, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Okay, okay. Carmen. Thank you so much, Marlene.
0: No, thank you. Take care, all right? And have a good... Wait a minute, I've lost track today. So it's almost the weekend. Have a good weekend. <laughs> thank you, So <too. laughs> Sometimes I lose track of what day it is. <laughs> okay, it was great to talk to you, okay? Thank you. Bye. 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 Hi everybody. How are you doing? So, what did you think? Let me tell you something. Some of the things she spoke about. I know there's a lot of people that find themselves exactly in the position she found herself okay? Does everybody thinks that when people have epiphanies of you know maybe that that they're they're living a bad life or they're engaged in a risky behavior just you know the people they hang out with and then they have that one moment where they're saying, "Well, I better get myself out of here." But she did have that moment. But later on, 20 years later, she was she was she she was in a church, you know, she was uh working with people around her that were spiritual, but she still realized that there was something she was just not getting okay and i think that that happens to a lot of people it doesn't mean that you have to be in a bad place in your life to think i need more information or that there's something else going on that's holding me back um and i think that's what that, that's one of the very important messages that carmen had was yeah it's great if you know you're able to steer yourself off the path of destruction. But you could also be doing okay, but you just find yourself either not able to overcome certain um, either challenges in your life. Maybe everything else is good, but there's one place you have a challenge or spiritually you think there's something that I'm missing out. There's a piece of the puzzle that is just not fitting in together. Okay. And I'm going to mention this because this is to me, and this is my own personal belief, this has nothing to do with religious belief or denomination okay I think a lot of people in their spiritual lives come up and find themselves uh, in this predicament okay regardless of what their religious beliefs are and what she said about as far as um, curses and you know family you know your family uh, vows that you know of poverty or things that have happened you know uh I'll, this is legitimately uh espoused by a lot of uh of religious beliefs that yes that you know whether your ancestor or whoever it was did it maybe unknowingly they, they did not do it with the intentions of thinking that they were going to cause trouble for their children or grandchildren or so forth you know it does you know I, i've seen this happen um uh, i've heard of people that uh what we talked about the people have taken a vow of poverty and you know one of the vows that uh people in in in, as catholics take their in the religious life is a vow of poverty and you know and that's a and if you say well this is a personal vow that that person's taken that's different but what we're talking about is that descendants sometimes uh are affected by that vow and it it, in almost like the bloodline is held to that vow where You kind of like, if poverty doesn't follow you, you 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 kind of sabotage your best uh, intentions to escape poverty, okay? And sometimes, and you'll have people say, God, everything I do just doesn't work out, and it. And some, and it's not for lack of trying, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And then this is where the answer lies. And I think this is why it was so interesting to talk to Carmen about this. You know, when she talked about territorial warfare, I know there's a lot more to this. I know, she, you know, we talked about a very like, you know, overall picture of it. But you could tell, you know, when she was talking about parts of the world where a lot of human blood has been spilled and... um bad things happen and the you know anybody who, who who has any type of spiritual presence or knowing understands what happens to the land to the earth which she was talking about you know the interconnectedness of everything uh you know between humans and what surrounds us physics is proving it for the scientists in the crowd you know as far as the interconnectedness and that things even though our eyes tell us they're separate in reality they're not but you know spiritually you know i mean i believe it i feel it i've experienced it you know and everybody's different i'm this is like i said this is my opinion My 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 own personal belief that yeah that we are interconnected and i think that when we separate ourselves as humans from the world around us whether it's the plants the land the animals the you know the atmosphere the everything you know we do it at our own risk and I think that it hurts us I think that as humans when we have emotional ties not only to other human beings but to everything around us and by this don't get me wrong like for example some people say well I'm not an animal person I'm not saying that you have to go around and adopt a 100 dogs and you know be the cat laid on the block no But you know what? There's something where you appreciate nature, okay? Or, um, you know, don't go out of your way to hurt animals. You know, you don't have to be an animal person. Same thing with a plant. You know, I I personally, I'm one of those people. Some people have a green thumb. They'll stick anything or they'll stick a stick in the dirt and you get a tree. I'm not one of those people. I would love to be one of those people. But for me to have things grow, it has to be like a cactus, you know? Little attention, just some sun, a little rain. I do great with cactuses, but you know what? I do see, I appreciate trees. I appreciate fruit trees. I appreciate shade trees. You know, that's what I'm saying. I I think that we separate um, ourselves at great risk uh, from everything that surrounds us. And this has nothing to do either with spiritual beliefs or, you know, anything like that. I think that just to be a happy human being that usually helps so anyway now that we're at the end of the show I'm glad you came and you joined me I really enjoyed producing this show for you I would like to get your comments like I said in the credits I'm gonna uh, you know not only include um, my contact information as far as my websites and blah 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 but also information about how to reach Carmen on Facebook you know which is a jumping off point if you need more information from her and whatever whatever, if you have a question for her, which I do for all of my guests, and um, I hope you come back every week. Hit the like button, subscribe to my channel. As I've always told you, I look uh, for interesting people from different aspects, you know, from different belief systems, from different to come to my show and speak about what they know, what they've experienced, what they've seen, okay, because whether you accept it or believe it or anything, um, you know, i want to use that old adage, you know, a mind is like a parachute. It only works if you open it. So I think that one of the roads to this is looking and listening to other areas that are different from what you know or what your experience or what you've been taught. And whether you agree with it or you don't agree with it, it doesn't matter, but as, as long as you're willing to listen I think that's great you know uh, like I said I'm always the student always the student you know I think I'll always be the student until that that's it Marlene is gone so again uh, here we're almost on the weekend so I'm hoping you all have a great weekend you know please come back next week Uh, I'm going to be putting up uh, I believe my next guest is going to be Jim Smith from Alabama Bigfoot Society hello Yes, I spoke to Mr. Smith on the phone. He's been doing this since 1971. He's been working, you know, and in, in, in not only, you know, collecting information, he has his own stories, he has his own sightings. I, I could have spent five hours talking to this man. He's got so many interesting things to talk about. Believe me, he's seen it all. I mean, he even gave me a story of this first sighting, which I believe was either 15 or 18, okay? Uh, and And he told me this was the last thing he expected to see was a bigfoot. So, anyway, that's going to be my next guest and like I said, I'll post things up, you know, ahead of time that that's going to be my next guest, but the way you're always going to get notifications is if you subscribe to my channel and that's what I'm hoping you're going to do. So, until next time, have a great day, have a great weekend. Take care. Bye.